Hey everyone, and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I am one of the pastors at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today we jump into 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, remember, this is a letter written by Paul to Timothy, and he is really aiming Timothy at how to... Um, how do you operate within the local church? He's saying this is how you should behave in the church. And so we've we've seen him talk about deacons and elders. Uh, previously, we saw him talking about this charge to uh, keep people from teaching things that are incorrect or false. And now we come back to that theme when we enter into chapter four. And so our text today, chapter four, verses one through five, let's just walk through this. It says, now the spirit expressly says, that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Now we'll go on in just a second, but let's remember in Acts chapter 20, Paul warned the Ephesian church, the elders at Ephesus, that there would be those who would rise up among them that would be teaching false things. And so... Paul here is talking about the, the spirit in that moment, this prophetic word that was given in the New Testament that there would be false teachers that would rise up in Ephesus and by extension, false teachers that rise up all over the place. We are 2,000 years removed and we continue to face those who are false teachers rising up and these are folks that have departed from the faith. So they had some sort of profession. They had some sort of alignment with the church, with Jesus. But somewhere along the line, they became exposed as have only professed but not actually converting because they, they depart and they depart from the faith. And their departure is seen in what they devote themselves to. They devote themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons. Now, this is really talking about the false teaching of our world. This is not saying that they are um, <clears throat> intentionally following some spirit that they know is deceitful and they're not enamored with teachings about demons. Rather, they have been swayed in their convictional beliefs to believe something other than the one true gospel of Jesus Christ. And in being swayed, they have, they have departed from the true faith in Jesus Christ. We see that in our world with, with every cult, with every man-made religion. We see that with everything that does not conform to the one gospel of Jesus and his death and resurrection. Oh, we can just kind of do a, a surface level cursory look. And we see this in Jehovah Witnesses and in Mormonism. We see this in Roman Catholicism. We see this in, in, Isla, in the Islamic faith. We see this in self-help and people that think they just need to believe in themselves and follow their own heart. We see this in the, the woke culture that is growing and, and some of the ways we think about uh, the differences in skin is affecting someone's worth rather than seeing that the worth is inherent as all are created in the image of God. All of these ideas that are constantly being placed upon us, these are all sourced in deceitful spirits and they are the teachings of demons. Why? Because the demonic forces of this world led by the, <clears throat> the prince of demons, Satan himself, they don't want you to believe in Christ. They want you to follow your heart to a Christless eternity. Oh, well, let's keep going. Verse 2 says, Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. 
This is talking about those who end up leading such movements and they, they have an insincerity. They, they lie. They have seared consciences. It's like they don't even realize the depths of their lies. To have a seared conscience is, is like when you, take a, when you take a piece of meat and you put it on a hot grill and it, it sears it. It's, it's cauterized in a sense, right? Well, this happens to a conscience when someone sins and instead of dealing with their guilt, they stuff their guilt, they bury it, they ignore it, they justify it. And so their conscience becomes hardened. And so the next time they sin, they go a little bit further into their sin and their conscience becomes even more hardened. And then they go further and further and further until they get to a spot where they believe in their cause. They believe in their ideas because it serves their own end. They're able to justify whatever actions they have, whatever hypocrisy they have. They live, they live a lie. Verse three, speaking of these folks, it says they forbid marriage. And they require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Here's what ends up happening. They reject the law of God, and so they end up creating their own law. They end up creating their a man-made law that says you shouldn't do these things or you should do these things. They, they forbid marriage. Well, we live in a world that there's not many that forbid marriage. The Roman Catholic Church does for those who are priests. But we do also live in a world that has perverted marriage. They say you can have a uh, polygamous marriage. They say you can be married to someone of the same gender. They say that you can ex have an open marriage and you can do whatever you want in your marriage. This is, they, they create these new laws, these new rules. And then when it comes to food, they require abstinence from food, certain foods. And without recognizing that God created food to be enjoyed. This is part of how humans thrive through marriage and, and procreation. And then what do we do? We have to eat. We have to have sustained bodies. Should be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Verses four and five. For everything created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is, if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word and prayer. See, we, we just have grateful hearts as we partake in the good things that God has given now, this doesn't mean that if you say, I'm thankful for my uh, hard drugs and so it's holy, it doesn't mean that it automatically becomes holy. No, we, we approach those things with the word of God in prayer. We allow the word of God to be our guide and we are not mastered by things. We just saw one chapter earlier that an elder is not to be uh, mastered by his alcoholic consumption. A deacon is not obsessed with much wine. We understand that someone has to control their substances and, and the way that they approach things. That doesn't mean that this text says that you have a blank check that you can enjoy whatever you want. Rather, it says that the word of God, not the word of man, informs what you should and should not consume. Well, ultimately, our ancient way for our modern day is just to recognize that we live in a world just like, just like Ephesus in the first century. Just like how Timothy was dealing with folks that were teaching all sorts of wrong things and they were adding all sorts of new rules and new laws and ignoring God's expectations. We live in the same exact kind of context. And so we must always come back to the one true faith. Let everything we do be done in thankfulness. Let us live lives that are holy and it's holy because it aligns with the word of God and it's a life that is prayerful in the way we live. Let us not be those who have our consciences seared 
by our sin and our unrepentance. And let us be careful not to be deceived by these false teachers that would sell us a lie instead of teach us the true gospel of Jesus Christ. This is our ancient way for our modern day.